Well, there's only one Sunday every year where we get to have an actual object lesson, where we have these palms in our hands, props, to uh, hopefully give you something to do. You can fold them into the sort of palm origami that people, as we, they walk out, they always show us their, their, uh, their, the fruits of their labors. So I, I plan to see some good things this morning. Um, but uh, the palms are not the only objects in the story of the triumphal entry, which we heard read at the beginning of the service. The other one is the donkey. So I thought in this uh, short sermon we'd examine both of these objects. First, there's the palms. The palms actually are there to represent expectation. They are just a direct call out to basically a generation before Jesus when a man named Simon Maccabee had delivered uh, Jerusalem from the occupying powers, people waved palm branches. And so they're meant to herald military victory, the arrival of a long hoped for king who would drive out the Gentile oppressors. And as such, again, they symbolize expectation. And this is a scene that is rife with expectation. All of the gospel narratives because it's recounted in all four, uh, have been building to this moment when Jesus would enter into the capital city and approach the temple. Now, expectation, let's take a quick step back because expectation is something that is very volatile. It is the source of enormous amount of excitement, but it also lies at the root of much of our bad feelings, our anger, Expectation is a planned resentment. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, and it's true. You expected the flight to leave on time, but two hours later, you're sitting on the tarmac seething at the FAA or at the weather. You expected good weather on Saturday, but then it rained and all the games got canceled, and you had to pivot and entertain your kids for what felt like an eternity Theoretically, (laughs) you expected your body to keep working well a bit longer than it has, but your knees quit on you 10 years before you thought they would. Your back hurts. Your migraines won't stop. You expected your relationships to be as harmonious as you thought your parents' relationship was, but it turned out to be difficult and complicated. You expected your children to be deferential and not so darn impulsive, and yet here they are. You expected other people to be reasonable and loyal and less self-interested and fickle than you yourself, and then you just resent them terribly for not being that. Perhaps you just expected life to be a little bit easier, and when it's not, you become bitter. So what expectations are holding your emotional life captive? What expectations do you seem to be consumed by and unable to let go of? Well, the crowds here expected Jesus to be one thing. That's what the palms signify. They expected him to take over, possibly to take revenge, certainly to to make their, their lives easier and better. In other words, they expected Jesus to want what they want and to go about that want in the same way they would, just as we do. 
What God wants is coterminous with what I want, isn't it not? Peace, hope, security, prosperity, glory. Certainly sometimes our prayers are answered and we can wave those palms, but sometimes God's ways appear inscrutable. But we want God, when we wave those palms, we want God to basically be a bigger version of us, a slightly more powerful version of you and me. But on Palm Sunday, we find out yet again that God in Jesus plays by different rules and holds different values. This is not the wish fulfillment God as he is sometimes caricatured. <clears throat> to wit, the second object in the story. You see, if we choose the palms to be our symbol today, Jesus makes a choice, but it's not for palms. He chooses the donkey. He do, he's almost preoccupied by it by all the readings, in all the readings. Go to this place and go, turn left, and, and there'll be this person. Ask them, make sure I get that donkey. Um, there were other kings who entered Jerusalem. David entered Jerusalem. Alexander the Great conquered uh, Jerusalem in 332. They would not have ridden into Jerusalem on donkeys. They would have ridden into Jerusalem on chariots with beautiful horses. Jesus chooses a farm animal. He's, it, this is, uh, he's, he's, he's actually referencing Zechariah, as he says in the text. But what he's doing in doing this is he's picking a symbol that emphasizes humility and lowliness instead of military strength and domination. In other words, the donkey is an affront to our projections and our expectations of who God should be and what God should do. The donkey riding God is not just kind of inconvenient. He's a little embarrassing. In fact, Jesus' donkeyness would breed fierce resentment. Just like any time people uh, disappoint our expectations. The crowds became more and more incensed as the week plays out to the point where the same people who cry Hosanna on Monday are crying crucify him by Friday. How dare he disappoint us and make a mockery of our expectations. But it's true. Jesus does not appear interested in domination or wish fulfillment. Instead, he appears to be interested in meekness and surrender and sacrifice and donkeys. Thankfully, what we learn on Palm Sunday and what we learn throughout this week, that it is only a God who is unlike us, a God who suffers our insults and our egos with love and forgiveness, who can save us or simply interrupt the cycle of expectation and resentment that fuels so much of our lives. This Jesus takes our rebellion and resentment and rejection and negativity and does not return it in force to us. He absorbs it in himself. Which is to say that Jesus is not beholden to our expectations of quid pro quo. And we should thank God for that. So, if he's not the God who we would expect, who is he then? Well, Jesus is the God who does not lift a finger to condemn those who abandon him, to those who turn tail a week after they've shied Hosanna. He does not lift a finger to condemn 
those who, refu- who, who do not resist those who would kill him. You see, this is the Jesus who refuses to be a judge. He refuses to be your judge. Jesus did not come to foist new spiritual or moral expectations upon you, but he is the one who instead meets you in your abiding fickleness and failure to live up to your own expectations. He is, as Francis Spufford puts it, the shining your shame cannot extinguish, the door where you thought there was only a wall. He is what comes after deserving. This Jesus, after all, is the one who on the cross, at his moment of defeat, says the least expected thing he could have, which is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then this is the same Jesus who three days later does the least expected thing in all of history, rising from the dead, defeating thereby not just the Romans, but death itself. So it's on that note that I wish you not a happy Palm Sunday, but a happy Donkey Sunday. (laughs) Amen.